Welcome to the Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Need great health care coverage with an affordable price tag? Let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They've been protecting Tennesseans for 75 years. Well, Mac, here we are. It is the off season. We took some time. We have unwound. We have decompressed. And now we are moving forward. I am Amy Wells. Coach Mac is here, of course. We had some technical difficulties these last couple of weeks, so <laughs> I feel like we haven't talked to you guys in a while, but we are still here. Have some things to catch up on. Want to make sure that we're all on the same page as we are entering the off season. Does that sound good, Mac? Sure. Sweet. All right. Glad you're on board. So a recap of things that have happened in the last few days and weeks. The Titans have begun their general manager search. They've interviewed some candidates internally, Ryan Cowden, Monty Austin for who is now officially the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals. Congratulations, Congratulations to him. Yep. Sure. Also interviewed external candidates, Ian Cunningham, Quentin Harris, Glenn Cook, Rand Carthon is the other one. Mac, it seems like the Titans wasted no time doing these interviews, and that was kind of the point, right? Yeah, it was. I mean, they, that, when uh, John Robinson was released, uh, that, that gave them a lot of lead time. You know, with some time still left in the season to start to start casting the net, you know, for these interviews, and and they've had, as you said, you mentioned them all the various candidates that have been in here, and that's what you have to do when you make this kind of search for this kind of a position. It's a big position. It's a big deal, and there's a lot of things that the team kind of can't do or wouldn't want to do until they get a general manager in place, especially as it pertains to the roster. Correct. Well, well, you can't make any final decisions until you get a, a general manager. You can, you can do. You can. It's ongoing. See, this draft class was started to be evaluated as soon as the draft was finished last year, even before that, because you know you you always work at least twelve, fourteen months ahead in the personnel department with your collegiate players that you're looking at so that has been an ongoing process but until until you hire a general manager you cannot start to make salary cap decisions you cannot start to make free agent decisions you cannot start to to really start putting together a plan because the draft process is still a fluid process at this point for everybody nobody's made any draft decisions yet what everybody is doing now is manipulating their board you know and working that and then plus you know I'm sure we will get into the, you know, the Senior Bowl and the Combine. All of those things have to happen, but they happen on a, on a schedule. And so all of that is, is to come. But the groundwork has been laid regardless of the fact that, you know, there is no – you know, and Ryan, Ryan Cowden, you know, has been the, has been the, the acting GM. For, so all of that process has still been going on. But you won't make any final decisions until you make a final decision on who your new general manager will be. Other decisions that need to be made. The Tennessee Titans have an offensive coordinator position to fill. Mac, take us behind the curtain because we hear a lot about head coach searches. We hear a lot about general manager searches. When it comes to getting a coordinator, in, are you doing a lot of interviews, making a lot of phone calls, or do you kind of have – does Mike Vrabel have a list of people that are people he's worked with before, friends, that he might call and say, hey, do you want to be the new offensive coordinator? How does that work? Well, I mean, as a head coach, and, and even if you're thinking about being a head coach or you have an idea that you may be a head coach, I've been in all those situations. You always have a list of people now, people that you can get and who's available. The issue with, with coordinators, see, it used to be you could, you could hire somebody away that still had a contract at another team if you just gave them a superior title. 
Well, they've taken away all of that. So now it's 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 coordinators only. You know that that you can that you can do that. You could you have to be able to be a coordinator, but you can't make a lateral move if you're under contract. If you are under contract, and so. A lot of times you may want somebody, but they may be under contract, and teams are not obligated to let their coaches out of their contracts. And so you have to manipulate all of that when you're looking for for people to hire. It's easier when you're hiring assistant coaches because most head coaches will allow their assistant coaches to interview. Some won't. Some won't, depending on how they have their staff layered, because most staffs will be layered as far as having somebody in waiting to do one of these jobs. And so, you know, there, there's a there's a lot of things that you have to navigate as a head coach when you're when you're looking for a coordinator. And a lot of it is availability of who the people are. So once you overcome the availability hurdle and you get some people, how much does something like the culture of the coaching staff come into play with all that? You want to get a guy that fits with the group that's already there, correct? Well, you do. And, and, and again, you want to be able to give your, you know, your coordinator. That, that's something that you, that you talk about. I've hired coordinators before and you, and you talk about because as a head coach, you know that you, know, you don't want to completely clean out an entire staff because that, you, know, you want that continuity too. And so, yes, absolutely, they have to be be able to to fit in with, with with what you're doing but you are when you're when you're especially a coordinator you're looking for you know you're looking for clearly you know somebody that's extremely extremely capable but then they have to fit you know as far as to what is going on and what the culture of your football team is but they also I mean you always have in mind offensively and defensively things that you like that you've done things that you want to change that you've done and then you try to pair that person that you hire with those philosophies that you believe that you want to either continue or that you want to change mac you've assembled a staff or two in your day is that one of the more complicated parts of being a head coach it is because you know as i said the availability is i mean when i first started i mean i can i can remember the first offensive coordinator i wanted to hire he was he was on the 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 49er staff and bill walsh you know you know said i will allow you to talk to him but you know i want a second and a fourth round pick for him you know a lot of those things go on that you have behind the scenes that you don't know about and so yes i mean it, it takes it takes, first of all, you need a list to start with, but you also have to have a very fluid list because things change very quickly. And sometimes the person you may be going after, other people may be going after too, and it may be a better fit for them, you know, either were they uh, family-wise. I mean, a lot of these things come into play, you know, when you're, when you're talking about hiring a coordinator. So it's not just, I want that person, and so that person's coming here no matter what. That rarely happens. All right. Well, there's a lot to watch for the Titans yes. in terms of staffing and that. Um, also, the Titans roster, of course, is going to be a big story this offseason. However, we've got some time before we start addressing any Titans roster things. We can't do anything. Right. We can't address anything. And, you know, this uh, podcast has never been about speculation. There's enough hot take people out there in the world that can do all of that. That's not what this is about. We're going to talk about facts. And the facts are until you get someone in place those decisions because those decisions involve salary cap issues and salary cap issues are just are are an incredibly important part of any structure of a team and it's going to be important here another thing that has happened recently is playoff football the Tennessee Titans were not there but it happened over this past weekend so I feel like we need to address it just in doing our due diligence as football people 
So let me run through these scores for you a little bit. The 49ers beat the Seahawks 49 to 23. The Bills got the win over the Dolphins 34 to 31. The Giants beat the Vikings 31 to 24. Bengals beat the Ravens 24 to 17. Cowboys beat the Bucks 31 to 14. And the Jags beat the Chargers 31 to 30. <sighs> now, Mac, let's talk about this Jags win a minute. Okay. Please. First off, what in the world? Second, the Jags lost the turnover margin substantially. Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions. Justin Herbert threw none. The Chargers controlled the time of possession, 32 minutes and 39 seconds versus 27 minutes and 21 seconds for the Jags. The Jags lost a fumble. The Chargers did not lose a fumble. These are some of the main metrics that we look at when we are evaluating why a team won or lost. Time of possession, winning the turnover ratio, all of that stuff. So, Mac, make this make sense to me. If there is someone who did not watch the game, how were the Jags able to win? Well, first of all, he threw four interceptions. Yeah. And that's the way the Chargers scored. There were short fields. The Chargers never moved the ball further than 30 yards for a touchdown. And when they had to go further than 30 yards, they were going three and out, number one. He threw four interceptions. He also threw four touchdowns in the second half. So that balanced itself out. And the Chargers were, were not able to sustain anything at all offensively. And then defensively, the Chargers did some really stupid things. You know, one of their better players, Joey Bosa, did you know, two of the more stupid things. And so basically what happened is in the flow of the game, when you – watched the game and you dissected it early on when I'm watching it I'm saying the Chargers aren't moving the ball an inch they're getting the ball in favorable position all right because of four interceptions early but in the second in the second half when the Chargers had to move the ball any length of the field at all they were going three and out and the Jacksonville offense would without the interceptions had the momentum all day. And plus, you know, you've got to admit, Trevor Lawrence is a franchise quarterback. They're a healthy football team, and they have been ascending since the 10th week of the season. They have been ascending health-wise, and their quarterback has gotten progressively better every, every week. I mean, he's a franchise quarterback, and he now has his NFL coaching. They've got a young roster that was healthy. It didn't surprise me at all. We played both of these football teams. And, again, the head coach, you know, for the Chargers, and I, I, I stay off of head coaches because I was one. I know how hard it is. But he probably would have liked to have had Mike Williams in, in the game, and he played him in a game that did not matter. And then he gets, his, he gets a bone in his back fractured, so he's out of it. Mike Williams is the one that made the catch against us the last play of the game that when they kick a field goal to win it when we were playing them on the road. We played both of those teams without our people on the road down to the wire. So I really thought as a football team, Jacksonville was a much better football team overall when we played both of those people. But the thing that stands out the most is the offensive production. Is that becoming more and more of a determinant in a game is who has the better offense specifically? No. Not at all. I mean, if you've got a, if you, you, if you've got a really good defense and people aren't scoring, let, let me just say this. I've never lost a game when the opponent scored zero. Never. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah, it is true. 
But you don't usually see. I mean, how many shutouts do you see in a season? Well, you don't see Three. any because all the all of the rules are geared towards the offense. That's why you see the offense is always getting the the, the headlines because all of the rules have been made for the offense, and that's just the way this league has has trended. You know, when I first started, this was a even game. Now it's not even, and so you have to be able to do some things, and you have to understand that defensively, just because somebody is scoring does not mean you're playing bad defense. What you've got to be able to do is make them punt enough that your offense can get enough series to go. Yeah, I mean, look at some of these scores. 49 points, 34 points, 31, 24 for the Bengals. Um, 31, 31. I mean, the Titans didn't score this many points in a game all season. Well, and the reason is the Titans did not have anybody in the offensive line play more than three games in a row this yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's another yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong for anything. I just think it's so interesting that in today's NFL, and we say it every week, one of the keys to the game is to score a lot of points. And it sounds like we're being very tongue in cheek when we say it. But the reality is, You've got to score a lot of points to win football games. Well, in the league, you need to score at least 28 points. 28 is, you know, used to be uh, all, all defenses for years and years and years says if, if we can hold an offense to 17 or less, we'll win. Well, that's out the window now. You used to say if we can hold them under 200 yards throwing. Well, some people throw for 200 yards in the first half. I mean, it, it, it's a different landscape now. So numbers, when you look at it, it's kind of like comparing, Amy, you know, I, 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 all the time when Hall of Fame vote, votes come up, you know, I'm asked about, you know, certain people just to give my opinion on who would be, be – because I've been at it a long time. I've coached against a lot of these guys that are now coming up. And you, you get, a, a, you get a, a recency bias for a lot of things because all the receivers now that come up are going to have numbers that are off the charts different than the people that were back in the day that didn't have those kind of numbers but were still winning Super Bowls. Same way with the defensive numbers. Defensive numbers are way, way up, you know, compared to what it used to be, you know, when the Steelers were winning four Super Bowls in a row. So, to me, I mean, it's, it's just a it, – you have to look at the time frame that you're talking about football. But in this day and age in the National Football League, you need to score – at least 28 points a game to be in most games. And you need to be able to hold offenses under that if you're going to be able to be in most games. So do we think that that's why Mike Vrabel made such a point of addressing kind of the offense and especially the speed element and things like that in his postseason press conference? Well, the first issue with this football team this year was injuries. It's over. Injuries. That's what it is. I mean, I can't. You know, I can't say it anymore. It was very stark to me when we did the when we did the the last the last two national games, talking to the national media, both the, both television and radio. When when they asked me, Mac, what is really going on with his football team, and I would start to tell them, well, of the 53 that he had to pick from this week, 22 of them were on a practice squad somewhere else or here at, at the start of the season. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, the offensive and defensive line have never been whole since training camp. You know, you start there, and then you start going with the other injuries that have added up. And they say, well, you went through 91 last year, and you won 12. You went through 86 this year, and you won seven. What's the difference? You lost your quarterback this year, and you lost the offensive and defensive line in total this year at some point. I mean, this, this defensive line that started the season with us, 
we really didn't get start the season with it because Harold Landry never started the season. But this defensive line that was the strength of this defense was never whole to start the season with. And then you had injuries, you know, to people. And then Jeffrey Simmons and, and all of those, they're not excuses, they're facts. And when I would tell, you know, put the facts out because if people aren't here, especially media, they don't, under, they don't know. I mean, you just see the big picture, you know. You start looking at numbers. But when you absolutely know what was happening, they go, whoa, this is pretty stark. And so that's what you're talking about. I think when he's talking about speed, too, and he mentioned, you know, a couple of people with soft tissue injuries, he mentioned that the reason the speed of this team was not good this year, because you were playing with backups to backups. What he's talking about is getting a healthy team back out there. Yeah, which would be huge. And you're right. I mean, the context of the 2022 season and – what this team had to kind of fight through is remarkable. Well, it, it's not only the number of injuries and the people that were out. It's where they happened to who at what time and then as a unit. The two biggest unit. You know, we lost our we lost our corners. You lost your offensive line. You know, lost in essence. You know, one or two every game of your four man rush unit. And so that's that's the the context of it. If you have injuries to to you know to people that are backups, and you're bringing other people in, and then you're bringing people in from the outside, that maybe you want to play seven, eight, ten plays on special teams, and then be able to go in and play five or six or eight snaps. The Titans this year had to bring people in that had to learn a a, a game plan and start and play fifty and sixty plays. Big difference. Mac, let's put the 2022 season behind us. Well, we have to because it is. (laughs) Okay, yeah. I was more just using that as a pivot point to like things that are coming up. Pivot point. (laughs) Okay, so the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama is mere days away, which is crazy. Mac, this is something that you've been to a time or two in your life. Beyond the fact that it's really your first chance to kind of get into the mix with a lot of these prospective athletes that are going to be, you know, in the draft. It's also kind of the kickoff to the evaluation process when it comes to having conversations with these kids, That's the biggest thing. To me, that's the biggest thing. And the biggest thing at the Senior Bowl, when you're a coaching staff and you get to coach it, it's big because you get to be with those guys all week and learn who they are. You understand what's going on now is it's different. They are flipping the East-West game and the Senior Bowl every year as far as to – this year is not the year for the Senior Bowl to have intact staffs coaching it. You are going to have people pulled in from all different places that will be, that will be heading up these teams. And the, the staffs, the two intact staffs, are going to be doing the East-West game. And so and they're going to flip that. used to be you, you had intact staffs for both. And then you only had intact staffs for that. That was a big draw to the Senior Bowl. Was it was NFL staffs, NFL head coaches. You know now they are they are switching it every year. Every year it's going back and forth. I didn't realize that. That's very interesting. Well, that's the truth. Oh. And so that and so this year is the year for the Senior Bowl not to have intact staffs down there. So it'll be very interesting to see who is going to do that. First of all. But that's why the evaluation of the players and what Titans Radio will be doing down there is interviewing these players, interviewing these players, which is, you know, extremely important. You know, when I was I I coached it several times when I was a head coach once, Mike Holmgren was a head coach of the other team. We actually on, on a Wednesday or a Thursday, we completely swapped teams for the whole day. We swapped teams for the whole day. He and I talked about it and I said, let's swap them. 
So we swapped teams for the whole day. So we'd get to know the other kids in the meeting rooms. In the, Because, I mean, you know, winning the game is, is way secondary to what's going on. So when Holmgren and I talked, he said, you know, that's a good idea, Mac. Let's do that. And so we did it. We, we had an entire day. I was a South team coach. And so the entire day for like a Thursday, I think we did it. I coached. I had the North team for the whole day. And then he had the South team for the whole day. And so those, you know, those types of things, because you're just trying to get to know who the kids are and the players are, not only as players, but see how attentive they are in the meeting room, see what their personality is like. Because, you know, when you're down there in a, in a 15 or 20-minute interview, people can kind of put up a nice facade as to who they are. But if you're with them all day, I mean, it's a difference. So anyway. Well, that's uh... – I've I've been a deep dive into the senior bowl in my career. So. You have. Well, and this is kind of deep dive time for you and for other staff. So, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. The Pro Bowl is the day after the senior bowl, which for all but two teams, that really marks the end of the NFL season. Um, and that's going to be new and exciting and a flag football game in Las Vegas. So we'll all see how that happens. With the Manning brothers coaching. With the Manning brothers coaching. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> it's definitely going to be entertaining. Well, it, but nothing better go wrong because the last time they did some of this stuff, I mean, there was a really good running back in the league when they were in Hawaii that uh, broke his leg in a touch football game on the sand. The reason they've, they've nixed all of this at the, in the Pro Bowl is injuries. It's, it needs to be fun. It needs to be fun for the families. It needs to be fun for the fan interaction. But you don't need anybody hurt. No. I mean, never play flag football in the sand. Like, they what did. What are you people thinking? Well. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but that just seems kind of like common sense. Well, right? your dad is, so he probably told you. Oh, maybe. Maybe I've just absorbed some of that. But, yeah, it doesn't seem like a good choice, but I think it will be really entertaining. Yes, it will be. Definitely tune into that. The Super Bowl is, of course, in February. I'm not harping on that because we're not going. Um, and then the scouting combine, which I love. In Indianapolis, we're going back to where it should be. And it's coming up. Mac, have you started your evaluating? I've started it several months ago. Seriously? Yeah. Mac, do you sleep? No. <laughs> not when football's going on. Because well, I mean, look, if, going on. if we're going to do and have a good idea of what's going on with Titans Radio, when I came here and they asked me to start helping with the draft, and I, I'm going to do it just like I did it when I was coaching. Uh, now, when you're coaching, you have other people. You have a army of people giving you the information once the season's over. I mean, I've got an army of two, me and Rhett. <laughs> yeah, and, I was going to say, you don't have a staff. Yeah, Rhett's my staff. <laughs> Does he know that? Yes, he does. Okay, good. Yeah, he has to be that, so I, I I taught him the draft. But yeah, you got to start a little bit early. I've got a lot of contacts. I know a lot of people in the in not only the scouting world, but in these national draft publication world that I mean, in constant contact with because they know I have thirty seven years of evaluating talent, and so you know it's a it's a ping pong game, bouncing back and forth all the time, and starts starts maybe the last you know the last month of the season. Oh, wow. All right. Well, then the combine can't come fast enough for you, I'm sure, because that's, I mean, a whole new slew of measurables. Well, the thing that, that you get out of the combine now that you don't know is, is the medicals. That's huge. The, the, the medicals are, are big. And then I go to every work, all the workouts and, you know, sit there. The only, it, it just gives you, especially if you've been doing it for a while, which I've been to every combine that they've ever had in Indy is that you've got a, a database to refer back to, you know, as to, as to what's going on. 
now, situation that I'm in now, you know, when we're there, you know, just for a behind the curtain peek, Rhett does a nice job of going and getting interviews from the podiums and around. You and Mike do a nice job of getting interviews with people surrounding it. And then what what I do is I, you know, I, I talk to coaches. I talk to coaches and every every time that uh, when the position groups are working, I will sit with the position coaches in the in the stadium that are there that I know, you know, and we'll just talk about, you know, players. So, yeah, I look forward to it. And then you fill out your your notebook, your MacBook. I do. <laughs> I love that notebook. I love it so much. Is there... no, no, tell the truth. You don't like it because you called me the other day and you said, Mac, I'm getting you a new notebook. And I said, I've already started my notebook. And you said, well, yours looks so dog-eared by the time we do Titans okay. radio uh, draft work. And I said, Amy, it's because it's a workbook. He said, oh, well, I just, wanted it to, I just wanted it to look nice. I was going to get you something with more of a sturdy cover. That raggedy cover See? gets all mangled and raggedy. torn, and you whip it out, and it looks like you threw it off a building. So I was just going to get you one, like one of those five stars with the more substantial, thicker plastic cover. You started this conversation off by saying, I love your notebook. I love And then you, you said ha- raggedy. Okay, I love your raggedy notebook. <laughs> I love that you have a notebook. I wish it didn't look like it had been lost in a fire. <laughs> That's all. That's that is all. all. Okay. All right. Well, no new MacBook for you, but I tried. Maybe I'll buy you one in like August no, for the next la- year. The last thing you said when I said I have one, I'm already started on it. I don't need one. And you said, Mac, I'll never try to get you something nice again. And that's the way you ended it. We're devolving. Mac, another NFL season in the books. It is behind us now. This was, what, your 85th season in the National Football League? Yeah, something like that. it is. And the thing about this is, the thing about the National Football League is, is really there's only one team happy at the end of this whole thing. And then everybody starts again. And you start over. And you can see now, I mean, look, the, the Super Bowl champion last year that people were predicting out there in L.A. that was going to be a, a dynasty for years, they won five games this year. And because got people hurt. <laughs> they lost their quarterback. They lost their offensive line. They lost, you have to have your dudes. How many times have you heard me say that? And so the National Football League, and especially the way it's set up now with your free agency, but you've got to manage your cap but with, you know, things that the way that you can rebuild a roster – uh, everybody has a fresh start over, and that's what you're looking for. But you have to have a solid base to start from. Well, for this podcast, I think we have a solid base. Yes, we do. It feels like we have a, a good foundation, and here's to building in 2023. Well, and the Titans have got a good foundation here, football-wise. Uh, excellent foundation here. There's there's a lot to look forward to for in 2023 and beyond, both football-wise and podcast wise oh absolutely and this and again this is a very very healthy organization and uh let's go to work let's go to work well thank you to randy wilmore and our friends at farm bureau health plans we couldn't do any of this without you we really just can't so thank you very much to them we're going to take some time some planned time not technical difficulty time this is actual time we are going to collect ourselves we are going to collect some new content and then we will be back with more on the Titans Amy and Coach Mac podcast.